I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I am your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to another edition of Paranormal Almanac. On this week's edition, let's talk about the future, or the past, depending on who's listening right now. That's right, I'm talking about time travel, and I don't know anyone who hasn't wished that they had the ability to go back in time to fix something, or change something, or just be there to see a momentous event happen. Imagine what it would be like to witness the JFK assassination, to see who was at the grassy knoll. Or maybe you want to see the Beatles, or Nirvana, or countless other acts that just don't perform anymore. Or maybe more selfishly, you want to go back in time and tell yourself who won this game, or what the winning lotto numbers are, or what stocks you should buy, and make yourself rich. And forget going back in time. What about going into the future to see what that's going to be like? I can't even imagine what it would be like to go 100 years in the future and see how far mankind has come, or if we're even still around anymore. But no matter where or when you want to go, let's talk about time travel now. Now, there are a few stories out there that suggest that time travel isn't only possible, it's already happened. But before I get to them, let's see what science has to say about time travel. In fact, just last week, it was reported that time travel through a wormhole is technically feasible under the rules of theoretical physics. The only catch is that we can only ever go backwards. Now, would that put a kink in your plans? If you could only time travel, but in one direction, you could only go backwards? Would you still do it? How far back would you go? In a blog post for Forbes, astrophysicist Ethan Siegel has explained just how, within the realms of Einstein's general relativity, a person could travel through a wormhole and go back in time. He said that first we need to consider the wormhole. And what exactly is a wormhole? Well, a wormhole is a portal through space created by energy fluctuations in positive and negative directions. The different fluctuations would each create a curved space that opposes the other. If these two were then connected, you would have a wormhole. If it lasted long enough, theoretically, a particle could be transported through them. However, scaling this up so a human could pass through would be more difficult. First, it would involve the discovery of particles with a negative mass and energy. Once we had this, then we would need to create a supermassive black hole and negative mass slash energy counterpart. This, he says, should allow for a transversible wormhole. So there you have it. Time travel is possible, but with our current understanding of physics, it's a one-way trip back in time. So if you're a time traveler listening to this, please get in touch with me on Facebook using Paranormal Almanac or on Twitter at ParaAlmanac and give Paranormal Almanac the exclusive that time travel is real with proof. And as long as we could get back here, I would love to go on a trip with you. But let's take a look at some people that have claimed to have already time traveled. First up, we have Andrew Bashagio. Andrew Bashagio claims that his father worked for DARPA's Project Pegasus which was the U.S. time-space program. They trained Andrew at a young age to learn what to do and what not to do while time-traveling. Such things as never be noticed, never make changes. And he said that the technology DARPA used to time-travel was taken from documents allegedly retrieved from Nikola Tesla's New York City apartment after his death in January 1943. These documents revealed the schematics for a teleportation machine. Using something Bashagio calls radiant energy, the machine, by the late 1960s, would form a shimmering curtain between two elliptical booms, allowing a person to time travel. Again, according to Bashagio, his father time traveled on many occasions, both going backwards and forwards in time. 
And this is also what was used by Bashagio and others in the project to travel through time. By passing through this curtain of energy, Bashagio would enter a Vortal Tunnel that would send him to his destination. The other teleportation devices included a plasma confinement chamber in New Jersey and a jump room in El Segundo, California. There was also some kind of holographic technology which allowed them to travel both physically and virtually. Not only this, Andrew said he transported with his father from one side of the country to the other instantaneously. In its early stages, traveling through time wasn't always safe. According to the Huffington Post interview with Bashagio, one of Bashagio's cohorts, Alfred Weber, recalls one instance in which a child returned from his temporal voyage before his legs. As he put it, he was writhing in pain with just stumps where his legs had been. Apparently, on one of their travels back to present time, there was a mishap, and he appeared with his feet over a into a wishing well type thing. And where the wishing well was, from basically his ankles down, it was just wishing well and no feet. Now, these bugs, according to Weber, have been ironed out in the 40-so years since the experiments began, so apparently, according to them, time travel is not only possible... It's safe. So where did Andrew travel to? Well, as a reward of a job well done working for his dad at DARPA, Andrew was sent back to Gettysburg on November 19th, 1863. That's the day that President Abraham Lincoln gave his famous Gettysburg Address. Andrew was dressed up as a Union bugle boy and was sent back in time. But because of the time travel, he was put a mile or so out from Gettysburg so as to not be noticed. And because of the disturbances in time travel, his shoe was missing when he landed. He thought back to his training and removed his other shoe and its socks and started his way towards Gettysburg. There he met with a cobbler who thought young Andrew was a poor boy who escaped the war. He gave Andrew an old pair of large men's boots and a jacket and told Andrew he was on his way to see Lincoln. Andrew followed the man into town. However, he felt that his oversized shoes and his outfit were drawing too much attention. Apparently, some of the men at Gettysburg thought that Andrew had deserted the army. So again, thinking back to his training, he wandered away from the crowd. Now, this is a neat story, but where's the proof, you might ask? Well, it turns out that Andrew was unknowingly photographed back then and that the picture is still around today. It shows a young boy standing awkwardly in large boots looking off to the left while in the distance, President Lincoln gave his Gettysburg address. Now, the photo is real. It has been verified as real. But who knows who that young boy in the large boots really is? Bashagio has since started his own project, Pegasus, which he hopes the one day will prove his claims and the claims that time travel is real. If you'd like to see the photo, head on over to our Facebook at, again, Paranormal Almanac, or on our Instagram, again, Paranormal Almanac. I'll put the photo up there so you can see the photo and decide for yourself. Now, Andrew has claimed that he's traveled back and forth through time. He knows who the next president will be, and sadly it sounds like it's going to be Donald Trump again, so let's hope that Andrew isn't actually a time traveler and is just crazy. The next time traveler is John Teeter, and he isn't from our present, and he's not from our past. John Teeter is from our future. In 2000, a man named John Teeter started posting on online chat boards about being a time traveler from the year 2036. Teeter claimed to be an American soldier from 2036 based in Tampa, Florida, he was assigned to a governmental time travel project and sent back to 1975 to retrieve an old IBM 5100 computer, which he said was needed to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036, a possible reference to the Unix year 2038 problem. 
Now the IBM 5100 runs the APL and basic programming languages. Now this seems kind of strange right off the bat. Why would a man from 2036 have to travel back to 1975 to get an old computer that has less computing power than the cell phone that you have in your pocket, or perhaps you're listening to this podcast on. It was found out that it was true that the IBM 5100 does run both APL and basic programming language, and there was only a handful of people who actually knew this. This was the first piece of the puzzle that what John Teeter was saying might be true. Now, Teeter had been selected for this mission specifically given that his paternal grandfather was directly involved with the assembly and the programming of the 5100. Teeter claimed to be on a stopover in the year 2000 for, quote, personal reasons, to collect pictures lost in the future Civil War, and to visit his family, of whom he spoke of often. And yes, I did just say, future Civil War. But we'll get back to that in a second. Teeter also said that he had been, for a few months, trying to alert anyone that would listen about the threat of mad cow disease spread through beef products and about the possibility of a civil war coming within the United States. John Teeter wouldn't tell people too much about the future on the chat boards because it could affect his future, and he said he didn't want to change what had already happened. Although he did give one hint. He said the New York skyline was slightly yet significantly different. There was one less building. And as you know, this was year 2000 before September 11th. Shockingly, he knew about September 11th before it happened. And he said there was one less building, not two, because as we all know, there's now the One World Trade Center there, which means that there is one less building than in 2000. When questioned about them by an online subscriber, Teeter also expressed an interest in mysteries such as UFOs, which remained unexplained in his time, and Teeter suggested that UFOs and extraterrestrials might be time travelers from much further in the future than his own time with superior time machines. Now again, this is a popular theory, that the reason that we see UFOs over major battles and major occurrences in history is because they're time travelers who want to go back in time and see these momentous occasions. Teeter gave online users many predictions as a form of proof, although he did say that traveling through time brought travelers back to a nearly identical alternate timeline and not our specific timeline we are living now. Now, again, this was from the year 2000, and the multiple universe theory wasn't exactly a popular theory at the time. So looking back now onto this, where we now know that most leading scientists do believe in the multiple universe theory. So again, is this another indication that what John Teeter was saying was true? Is he really from a slightly alternate universe, time traveling back to us? This led many to believe in alternate universes and might be a possible explanation of the Mandela effect. Somewhere in the recent past, we have diverted from the current timeline to a slightly alternate timeline, which has slight differences, like the Berenstain Bears or Berenstein Bears. Did Nelson Mandela die in prison like some people remember, or was he released? And this is where the Mandela Effect gets its name. Some people remember it one way, while others remember it the other way, and they are so certain that their way is the only way it has ever been. But back to Teeter. Teeter said that his timeline was virtually identical to ours, with just slight variation. His assurances that the differences were minimal, yet terrifying, and since there could be changes from him and other time travelers coming back to our universe from their alternate universe, the times might be a few years off. So given that little few years off basis, let's get into what Teeter told us. The most immediate of Teeter's predictions was an upcoming civil war in the United States having to do with order and rights. He described it as beginning in 2004 with civil unrest surrounding the presidential election of that year. 
The civil conflict that he characterized as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily got worse. As you well know, we did get more and more mass shootings that continue to this day, sadly. And there has been a lot of civil unrest. I realize it started in the Obama administration, but you have to admit, since Trump got in office, it's gotten way worse. Is this an indication that we're coming up to a civil war in America? It sure does seem like that when you watch the news at night. But let's hope that we're not going to a civil war. Or any war, for that matter. But as Teeter said, as a result of the war, the United States would be split into five regions based on various factors and differing military objectives. This civil war would end in 2015 with a brief but intense World War III. Now again, thankfully, we all know that that didn't happen. 2015 came and went without a World War III. But is it coming? Teeter refers to the exchange as N-Day. Washington, D.C. and Jacksonville, Florida are specifically mentioned as being hit. After the war, Omaha, Nebraska would be the new U.S. capital. Teeter was vague as to the exact motivations and causes for World War III and what N-Day stood for as far as I can find. At one point, he characterized the hostilities as being led by border clashes and overpopulations. Sound familiar? He also pointed to contemporary conflict between Arabs and Israels as not a cause, but rather a milestone that precedes World War III. And again, sadly, that does seem to be in the news. Teeter claimed that as a 13-year-old in 2011, he joined the Fighting Diamondbacks, a shotgun infantry unit in Florida, for at least four years. But in other posts, he described himself as hiding from the war, so there are some discrepancies in Teeter's posts in the chat rooms. Another quote-unquote prediction was that CERN would discover the basis for time travel sometime around 2001 with the creation of miniature black holes about a half a year after his departure. Again, this did not occur. An article published around the time he had predicted about miniature black holes created by CERN was taken by some to be evidence of this claim, but these events did not occur either. Teeter unambiguously claimed that the last Olympics would occur in 2004. While it was unclear if he meant the Summer or Winter Olympics, both have occurred since this time, so again, not all of Teeter's predictions have come true, and I'm thankful for it. But his story does continue to make the rounds online, with many believing that his timelines again were off because we're an alternate universe, and that Trump will cause the Civil War in America and cause World War III. Now, just as quickly as Teeter showed up, he disappeared. He stopped chatting online in 2001, saying he was returning to his own timeline, never to be heard from again. So while we don't know if John Teeter is telling the truth, or even real for that matter, his story continues online with many wondering who he was and what the point of all that online time travel was really about. John Teeter has been talked about numerous times on the Art Bell Show, which kind of leads us into our next time traveler. Now, Art Bell has had many people claiming to be time travelers on his show, and most of them just are pure bunk that can't even do simple predictions. But... Art Bell did have a Kansas City man named Madman Mike Markham on his show who talked about building and using his own time machine. Markham wanted to build a Van de Graaff generator, which is that funky electricity arcing machine you see in Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory. While Mike was building it, he wanted it to be bigger, so he stole some transformers from a local electric company storage lot. Markham built a huge generator and included a laser for the ignition spark. He also noticed a haze above the spark and wanted to see what would happen if he threw a bolt through it. What happened was that the bolt disappeared for a second or two before reappearing on the desk behind his machine. Markham wondered if the bolt phased out of our dimension, 
was simply cloaked like the Philadelphia experiment? Or if it had time traveled? Sadly, the police came and confiscated his stolen Transformers and arrested him before he could continue his time travel work. But six years later, he was out of jail and back at time machine building. This time, he built an even bigger machine. He threw bolts and other objects into it that just plain disappeared. And when he got the nerve up, he leapt through the electric field himself. That was the last we heard of madman Mike Markham for a while. Years later, he appeared back on the Art Bell show and told a tale of waking up 800 miles away from his machine, and it was two years later. He had temporarily lost his memory from the electrical field, but once he could remember who he was, he sought out his time machine only to find out that everything in the warehouse was long gone. Two years had passed, and all of his work had disappeared. Madman Mike Markham figures that he wasn't shielded from the electrical field, so he plans to build yet an even bigger time machine, and this time surround himself by a Faraday cage, and he hopes to time travel yet again. But not all time travelers have to travel to see the future and the past. And no, I'm not talking about psychics. What I'm talking about is a device called the Chronovisor. The Chronovisor was allegedly a functional time viewer described by Father Francois Brun in his book, The Vatican's New Mystery. In the book, Brun relates that the Chronovisor was built by Pellegrino Ernetti, who was an Italian priest and scientist. Although Father Ernetti was a real person, the existence of the Chronovisor has never been officially confirmed. But as the story goes, in the early 1960s, Father Ernetti began to study the writings of Francois Brun, himself a Roman Catholic priest and an author. Ernetti allegedly ended up helping Father Brun construct the machine with members of a team which included 12 world-famous scientists. He identified two of them as Enrico Fermi and Werner von Braun. The chronovisor was described as a large cabinet with a cathode ray tube for viewing the received events and a series of buttons, levers, and, and other controls for selecting the time and the location to be viewed. It could also locate and track specific individuals. Now, according to its inventor, it worked by receiving, decoding, and reproducing the electromagnetic radiation left behind from past events. It could also pick up on the audio component or sound waves emitted by these same events. Ernetti lacked any hard evidence for these claims, though. He said that he had observed, among other historical events, Christ's crucifixion and photographed it as well. A copy of this image appeared in the May 2, 1972 issue of an Italian weekly news magazine. A near-identical mirror image photograph, however, of a wood carving by sculptor Lorenzo Valera turned up and succeeded in casting doubt upon Ernetti's statements. But according to Ernetti, he said that he had witnessed, among other scenes, a, a performance in Rome in 169 BC of the lost tragedy Thai Estes by the father of Latin poetry Quintus Inius. Dr. Catherine Eldred of Princeton University believes that Father Ernetti actually wrote the supposed ancient play himself. Dr. Eldred had a deathbed confession from an anonymous relative of Father Ernetti. Now, they said that the American rendition of the play, and they're the ones who said that Father Ernetti had written the play. And he had also admitted that the photo of Christ was indeed, quote, a lie. According to that same deathbed confession, however, Ernetti also confirmed that the machine was genuinely functional. It was, in fact, a real machine that could see through time. Father Brun, however, does not believe the deathbed confession and that the authorities had coerced Ernetti into making a false confession. Some say the device was seized and is actually used by the Vatican, 
But the more incredible theory is that the device is being used by those who secretly control the government and control economies around the world. And as scary as that sounds, I don't find that all that hard to believe. I'm pretty sure that just about everyone knows that the Vatican Library holds some incredible secrets that hopefully one day will be revealed. It also wouldn't surprise me that there's some secret government out there using a time machine of sorts to control the world. So there were a few stories of possibly could-be-true time travelers, but now let's talk about a couple of time travelers that can't be corroborated and are certainly untrue. The first is a great story, but is it a true one? It is about the man from Torred. Now, this is an interesting story about a man traveling to Japan in the 50s. When Customs asked to see his passport, he confusingly says in French that he is from Torrid and shows him his passport for proof. Now, the passport is full of stamps from previous travels, and it was reported that not only did he speak French, he spoke Japanese and many other languages as well. But as I'm sure hopefully everyone listening to this knows, there's no such place as Torrid. The rightfully confused Customs agents took him to the side and showed him an atlas, asking him to point out Torrid to them. According to the traveler, Torrid was located between France and Spain and had been in existence for 1,000 years. The man from Torrid pointed to the area occupied by the Principality of Andorra and was very puzzled and confused as to why his country was called Andorra on the map when he didn't even know of an Andorra. He said that country never existed. Both sides, him and the customs agents, refused to give in. The Japanese officers insisted that Torrid did not exist, and the traveler argued otherwise. He was taken into custody, and they brought him to a nearby hotel for the night while they conducted their investigation. To ensure that the man from Torrid did not escape during the night, two guards were placed outside his room. As if this story wasn't odd enough, here's where it gets more odd. The next morning, when the officers went to the man's room, they realized that he had simply vanished, and there was no signs of his escape. Additionally, all of his personal documents, which they had confiscated, had disappeared as well. Now again, this is a fantastic story with little to no evidence. There's no evidence of this being reported in the 50s in Japan, and frankly, there is no evidence to the story prior to the internet. Next up is Andrew Carlson. Now this one is definitely a fake story from the Weekly World News, so please stop recirculating it as a time traveler. You hear me, Internet? This one is fake. As the story goes, the alarm bells went off on Wall Street in 2002 when unknown investor Andrew Carlson quickly parlayed $800 into $350 million via some high-risk stock trades. Carlson was then arrested, and he confessed that he was from the year 2256. That's it. That's the whole story, and this story originated from the fake newspaper, The Weekly World News. But ten years later, it's still being reprinted and circulated as a true time-traveling story. It's not true. Stop posting it. While we're on the subject of fake time travel, here are a couple more fake time travel stories. The first, the Swiss ring watch that was found in a sealed Chinese tomb. How could it have gotten there? It's a photo of a man holding a tiny Swiss ring watch. And supposedly, they unsealed this Chinese tomb, and when archaeologists were looking around, they discovered this dusty ring right in the corner. It's not real. It doesn't exist. It's photoshopped, and it's fake. Stop spreading it. And this one really bugs me, because part of the story is true. It's about a 1,500-year-old mummy that appears to be wearing Adidas. The mummy? Completely real. The shoes are not Adidas. 
They aren't even close to Adidas. They're just woven footwear that happen to have three stripes down the side. They aren't showing any proof of a time traveler who went back in time and died and was mummified because they were a time traveler and the, and the primitive settlers were so amazed by it. No, it's just a mummy wearing woven footwear that happened to have three stripes. And the stripes are red. They're not even white. It's a dumb story. Stop spreading it around. If you don't know what I'm talking about with those last two, good. Thankfully, you're not part of the problem. But if you'd like to see those photos, again, just go on over to Paranormal Almanac on Facebook or on Instagram, and I will post those fake time-traveling pictures there as long as you promise not to share them as real time-traveling photos. So there you have it. There's some scientific proof that time travel could exist. There's some questionable stories that time travel might have already happened. And there's some flat-out fake time travel stories for you. But for those possibly true ones, what do you think? Are any of these stories true? Has time travel happened? Do you think we'll have the ability to time travel in the very near future? And again, if you could time travel anywhere, when would you go? Once again, thank you so much for listening to Paranormal Almanac. Please do me a favor and share Paranormal Almanac with your friends and family. The best thing you could do to help out this podcast is to tell your friends and family about it. Thank you once again. And if you really are a time traveler, do me one more favor. Go to Facebook.com, go to Paranormal Almanac, and tell me some stocks that'll get me some money or just some winning lotto numbers. And no matter what time you're from, thank you again for listening to Paranormal Almanac. And we'll see you next week.